A picture says a thousand words, does it not? Well, this picture is going to backfire in a pretty spectacular way. I can pretty much just guarantee you that Donald Trump, we might as well just call it here right now. He has officially secured the nomination for the GOP, for the Republican Party. I am betting you anything. This is, in fact, who will be representing at the top of the ticket for the Republicans who will be running for the president of the United States of America. Again, it's unprecedented what is going on, folks. We are living in some unprecedented, really, frankly, scary times. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Great to have you here. I am Trish Regan, of course. We are live today on YouTube and on Facebook. Great to see all of you. So many familiar faces. Again, leave your comments there. You can converse uh, with each other. I do actually read all of these. In fact, we'll get to some of them towards the end of the program. We are brought to you by LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. 1-866-589-0560. If you're interested in investing in gold, listen. We got rate hikes that are going to continue coming. Now, normally that would actually mean good things for the dollar. But in this kind of environment, we run a whole other set of risks, right? Like, I mean, I just look at regional bank portfolios, for example. I wonder what's going to happen to all their paper. It's not going to be worth as much, right? Because it's all trading at like 1%. It's getting a 1% yield instead of what you can get these days. Anyway, with higher interest rates comes a whole other set of consequences. It's why you might look at diversification. So give them a ring, one 866 And then let's get back to this. My gosh. Okay, so you've seen the mugshot. It's everywhere. Here, I'll give you a full, full look at it. This is this is the shot, so to speak, heard around the world. I do believe it will backfire. I believe there's a few things going on that will actually contribute to this. So the mugshot, people are just saying, gosh, you know, like, is this really what it's come to? Is it so important for Fannie Willis and her career to have Donald Trump? And by the way, 18 others, there's now, a, there's a great shot, not a great shot, it's a disappointing, disgusting shot, frankly. The Daily Mail is running dailymail.com and you see all 19 people there lined up. It's really kind of sickening to see all of these mugshots, a lot of really important people, including, for example, not just the former president, but of course the former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani. So all of this going on, all of this going on, well, simultaneously, Donald Trump sits down, does an interview with Tucker Carlson, who's the outcast from Fox, kind of like me over here. I'm kind of an outcast, shall we say, from Fox as well. So do me the favor of making sure. I think we put the subscribe thing up. Do subscribe to the channel. It's really important. Uh, Follow me on Facebook. Make sure you go and follow the show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, where I am. It is important right now. Anyway, so the, the outcast from Fox who gets tossed out of Fox, Tucker, sits down with Donald Trump. Guess what? The two of them combined together, did ratings that were like massive, gargantuan ratings compared to what you saw over at Fox News for their little debate, where they didn't have the leading contender for the Republican Party. So they got 12.8 million Nielsen homes tuning in to watch that. They're all proud. It's like, well, guys, you know, you got 24 million back in 2015. It is a slowly dying industry. We've talked about that a lot. Anyway, when you stream the thing, there And it's not even including, for example, all the portions of the interview that get played over and over and over again because it was it is allowed to be played on the World Wide Web. Well, that it, it just saw incredible numbers. I mean, last I checked, they were upwards of 250 million. So that number keeps growing. And then, of course, there's the upshot of everybody else talking about that interview and us playing you clips from that interview. I am actually going to show you a little bit of that today because it's all very relevant. But think about that. Think about the ratings. Think about think about 
I don't know, upstarts like Oliver Anthony coming out with songs, just incredibly powerful songs I like this one. My soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. Think about that. What the world's it is a damn shame, right? What the world has come to. You think about that. You think about the success uh, this guy is coming out of nowhere, right? A farmer who's writing a song. You think about how a, an interview can kind of take over the internet like that. And you think about what happened at Bud Light, where they, they've lost $40 billion worth of shareholder value. Why? Because people have had it. You know what? They don't want this stuff jammed down their throat anymore. They're getting sick and tired of it. Hey, even Carlos Santana is is sick and tired of it. And he got in all kinds of trouble for trying to say, Something to the effect of, you know, you're born what you're born. Boy, they went nuts on him. He had to issue an apology and everything. I'm going to show you what he said coming up. I'm going to show you his apology. And then we're going to get back to this central theme here of why the people have had it and why actually things like this mugshot actually and the other 18 that Fannie Willis is so proud to have shown off, that's actually going to backfire in a spectacular way. Mark my words, Donald Trump is now officially, I mean, I don't see how they're going to stop him at this point. I don't, I don't know how that happens, how they would prevent him from being the Republican nominee. They're talking about using the 14th Amendment right now. Larry Tribe coming up with clever things there, the Harvard guy, law professor, trying to figure out, well, can we keep him off the ballot by way of the 14th Amendment? At some point, then you're really going to have what you call a constitutional crisis, guys, on your hands. I mean, if you don't already have things looking pretty bad right now. Donald Trump, of course, uh, not missing a chance to take a few swipes at Biden um, and, and just how frail he is, both mentally and physically, in that interview with with uh, none other than Tucker Carlson. Take a listen. But Joe is really... But you don't think he's going to make it to November of 20. Well, I, I think he's worse uh, mentally than he is physically. And physically, he's not exactly uh, a triathlete or any kind of an athlete. You look at him, he can't walk to the helicopter. He, he walks, he can't lift his feet out of the grass. You know, it's only two inches at the White House, right? It's not a lot. But you watch him and it looks like he's walking on toothpicks. So, and then you see him in the beach where he can't lift a chair. You know, those chairs are meant to be light, right? They're like two ounces. Yeah. You lift them up. He can't lift the chair. He can't walk to the chair. And I, I don't know what they're doing with the beach. You know, this beach is seeming to play a big role, but they love pictures of him on the beach. I think he looks terrible on the beach. He looks terrible on the Skinny beach. Skinny legs. Well, he can't walk through the sand. You know, sand yeah. is not that easy to walk through. But when he walks through it, he can't walk through the sand. And there's somebody in there that thinks he looks fabulous at the beach. I think he looks horrible at the beach. <laughs> Plus, the beach doesn't right. represent what a president's supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be getting us out of that horrible, horrible war that we're very much involved in with Russia and Ukraine. You could do that. You could do that very easily. I believe you could do that very... I don't believe he could do it because he's just incompetent. But that's a war that should end immediately, not because of one side or the other, because hundreds of thousands of people are being killed. Can you imagine you're in an apartment house and rockets are going into that building and blowing it up and knocking it down? And who, who can, why, why should anything, why should anybody, human beings, is a human, whether they're Russian or Ukrainian or whatever they are, it's got to be stopped. And it can be stopped very easily. It would have never started. If I were president, it would have never started. Wow. 
So there is some humor in there. Uh, he's very concerned with the, the optics, for example, of how a president looks on the beach, especially one like Joe Biden. But you, you can see the substance woven in, in that he feels very passionately about us not having a conflict. I can tell you my own conversations with him over the years. In fact, when, when we were pulling out some of our troops out of the Middle East, for example, um, it, you know, out of Syria, for example, I, I was really quite struck by the passion with which he conveyed to me in a conversation how strongly he felt about that. And he sure as heck was not going to lose American lives over there overseas. In his words, he said to me, trying to fight a, a battle that, that is going, has been going on for thousands of years. So he, he is someone who is not a big believer in using lives, right, in, in losing lives in, in these squabbles and in these wars. And it's something I do fundamentally agree with. I've often said, let's, let's lose dollars if we have to lose anything, right? I'd rather lose dollars than lives. And we got to be smarter about this. And we got to use tariffs and we got to use trade to the best of our ability. All of that functionality before we start getting into weapons, et cetera. But we're spending money. We're spending like, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, nearly as much money as we spent 20 years in Afghanistan. I mean, again, fortunately, no American lives have been over there in Ukraine. But who's to say where this is going? Anyway, again, the mugshot coming out. You've seen it. You've seen it by now. Well, you know who else saw it? And you know who else is laughing about it? Not wise. Not wise. This guy. Have you seen Donald Trump's mugshot yet? Mr. President, are you worried at all about that? I did see it on Dr. Boo's in the background. What do you think? Uh, okay, all right. So he saw it. He said he saw it on TV. And uh, you might have heard some of those boos in the background. We're going to get to those in a second because people are not exactly welcoming a President Biden there in Lake Tahoe. You'd think they'd like him out there in Lake Tahoe. Is he on the California side or the Nevada side? The Nevada side has a better tax situation than California. But look, you know, the Californians, they've got all kinds of problems. The whole country has problems because you know what? The whole Binomics thing that they were selling, Binomics is working, 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 working. No, it's not working. In fact, inflation is going up so much that even today, Jerome Powell out there in fancy schmancy Sun Valley, is that where it is? The, 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 the big Fed conference, uh, he's out there saying, yeah, actually, we might have to raise rates again. It's what I've been telling you all along. Of course, they're going to have to raise rates. I mean, for goodness sakes, inflation just keeps going up. And we are up in real terms about 16 percent from when Joe Biden first came into office. Anyway, so the, the policies that he has put into place, this whole Inflation Reduction Act, it's all a mirage. All it's done is put more money into the system, therefore leading to more inflation. Remember when he said this? I signed the bipartisan infrastructure law and the inflation reduction. That's the largest investment in climate, environmental justice and conservation ever anywhere, period. So we've got all the Conservation Act stuff going on. We've got all the, you know, money that's flowing into the environmental stuff going on. We get multiple rounds of stimulus. And, and somehow you're, you're surprised that we have more inflation? Like, you see, when you print money, it actually leads to more inflation. Does it not? That's why I told you about LegacyPMInvestments.com. They are, they are our sponsor here on the show. Um, so it's a fitting time to just mention them again. If you're interested in investing in something like gold, which is seen by many experts as a potential hedge against some of the inflation, you can call them at one 866 I just worked that in because it felt kind of organic. And uh, I, I'm obviously clearly pretty passionate about economic policy. And I think that this guy has really kind of screwed it up over and over and over again. But don't take my word for it. You know the truth. 
truth. You know the prices are going up. You know how much more it costs for groceries right now, how much more it costs to go out to eat, to fill your gas tank. Well, people have had it, and they're sick of this administration. And there he is. I want to show you. Joe Biden getting booed. People don't like this president, nor do they like his policies. So he's out there on vacation again, because like every time I turn around, he's on vacation. Long weekends, you know, on the beach or uh, the weekend in Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, where he is there on the West Coast on West Coast time. People, as I said, don't like him. Watch it. Obviously, I'm concerned. I think that there should be a circumstance where the jobs that are being displaced and replaced with new jobs, they should go to the first choice, should go to the UAW member who had the job, and the salary should be commensurate. Okay, so he's talking about UAW, he's talking about union jobs, and in the background, you hear people booing him. I wonder if there's any union members that are booing him. Because you know what? You know, those workers who have been the lifeblood of America, the middle-class worker, they're the ones getting the shaft over and over and over again. I mean, you, I, I've talked for years about this because you, you could see it in the making, really going back to the Obama years, and I think back to 2008 and, and those really challenging economic times for everyone. And you know what? It's somehow, some way, the ones on top always do fine, right? Because it's capital that has all the power. The money has all the power in today's economy. And the worker has gotten basically shorted in all of it. And this is what people are coming to realize. And no one's looking out for you. I mean, think about all those, uh, the pension funds, right? You get a pension if you're lucky enough to be a firefighter, police officer, teacher. Maybe you get a pension. You're lucky to have that pension. Great. Well, is your pension actually going to really amount to anything when you have the likes of the ESG, Environmental Social Governance Committee, breathing down the backs of all of these funds saying, wait a second, we're not going to invest in this company unless you're ESG friendly enough. In other words, we want a really woke board with, you know, this kind of diversity scale on it. And you got to have this one and that one and this one and that one. And then suddenly everybody loses sight of what they're there to do, which is to actually sell a product to make money. And you see it over and over again on Wall Street right now. Bud Light, great example, everyone. Bud Light, living proof of how it just doesn't make sense for people to get so focused on marketing and so focused on a woke agenda. And they want to remake the world through corporate America. That is basically some form of communism, if you ask me. It's like a backdoor entry through the markets to a communist system. And who loses out? Those very pension seekers, those people that have those pensions and those retirements that you there at BlackRock and other big firms, asset managers are supposed to be guarding. And so there you have it. And Joe Biden pretends he's looking out for the middle class. I'm sorry, I, I don't see how anything that he has done has benefited the middle-class worker. In fact, if you go back and you look at the numbers, real wages during the Trump administration, they actually, for everyday Americans, real wages adjusted for inflation, they grew at the highest rate we've actually seen in modern history, up until, of course, 2020, when everything got shut down, which they're talking about doing again. Careful of those guys, right? Is this going to be just every fall? Oh, it's September, it's October, it's flu season, we got to wear our masks, we got to shut everything down. You're going to have to mail in your ballots. What can we say, right? Is that where this is going? Are are they just trying to condition us? I don't know. Like, I've gotten a lot of trouble for 
few things I've said before on the whole thing. So we'll, we'll leave that issue aside at this moment in time. But let me go on to something else. It's just breaking. We are hearing now from Victor Shokin. So this is the man, Victor Shokin, that the president, now president, while he was vice president, actually got fired. Proudly told everyone, did this whole like seminar at the CFR, Council for Foreign Relations. He's up there on stage with Richard Haas. I'll show you that bit in just a moment. But anyway, he said he got this guy fired. And of course, now it's all coming out. Well, why exactly did he get this guy fired? Well, this guy, Victor Shokin, he has some thoughts on it. Here he is speaking in Russian. So I'm going to give you the translation. For those of you that are listening on audio right now, for Apple Podcasts, you'll hear me translating. For those of you that are watching here live on screen, you can see it in in the uh, transcript. He says, as for the assertion that the investigation was supposed to be, okay, in particular, my various actions, he said, after the seizure of Flensky, it's million by the UK. So this is some of the money. You know, there's a lot of money that was going to Ukraine and everybody. that money. He said he did order an investigation, and he opened a criminal investigation into how and into why the money had been seized was released in the UK. So he's speaking specifically here about the UK. And it happened, I guess, back in February of 2016. Заявление об уходе э, судом 2 февраля 2016 года были арестованы this is the Burisma situation um, with the, the, the oligarch that was running it. And this was clearly, you know, a problem for that company. And what is being alleged here is that this particular oligarch actually... Um, who had a, a big position within the Ukrainian oil and natural gas infrastructure there as a, as a foreign minister, well, that he um, came under this guy's fire. And the investigation was also into Burisma, which was closely monitored, he said, and, and it was believed that Burisma was doing some things that were illegal. He said, we have to believe that Mr. Biden was involved in that, that they were going to start questioning his son and others. And he continues on, including Archer, that would be Devin Archer and others, all involved in the Burisma case. And everyone understood very well that this fight was going to end badly. It was going to end badly for, uh, for them. And he said, look, I'm not accusing anyone because there is a presumption of innocence in Ukraine, but I am practically convinced that Biden had understood what was looming. I did not react to the illusions concerning the closure of the Burisma case. We were advancing, me and my colleagues, and we were about to reach the outcome of this case. Having understood all of this, Biden used all the unofficial means at his disposal he writes, in particular by using his men, including certain MPs among them, and he names some of the, these government people and, and so-called activists, he says, and he acted through them so as to not show his interest in this case. So in other words, he's talking now about Joe Biden, and his concern is, of course, that Joe Biden was out there. Joe Biden was the one, of course, uh, actually that made that final sort of, you know, posturing to ensure, to ensure that, <laughs> that Shokin, 
who you see on camera there, that Shokin was in fact fired. And so this, this is really, you know, fundamentally the issue. And you've seen it played a zillion times where he said, look, you know, I fired. I think there was an obscenity in there because he said, look, you guys want that money. You got to get rid of this guy. And so what did they do? He said, what do you know? They fired the son of the, you know what? So now people are like, wait a second. Just what was that all about? Was that really about getting rid of corruption in Ukraine? Or was that about helping Burisma as Shokin is alleging? So this is what he said. I I believe he released this on Twitter. This is sort of a statement from him. And he's like, look, you know, I'm not saying these were his allegations. And now he's coming out and he's telling mainstream American media, legacy media, Fox, that this in fact is going down. I think this is worth paying attention to right now. Because as much as Joe Biden wants to laugh about Donald Trump's mugshot, Listen, at this point, it's fair game. It's open season. And even if it weren't, I want to know. Don't you want to know? I mean, shouldn't America not be for sale? When you see these bank records, and I've looked through all of them, they, they were gotten thanks to Representative James Comer and the House Oversight Committee, and they got them from Treasury. It wasn't easy getting these things from Treasury, but they got quite a bit of these records. 20 different LLCs started up. What do you know? As soon as Joe Biden becomes Vice President of the United States, And all of a sudden, Hunter starts making money. Hunter, who's like a mess, like, let's be honest, like this guy is a freaking mess with the drugs and the gun and the multiple, you know, you know, affairs. And I'm being I'm being discreet, like bad stuff. Okay, bad, bad stuff, bad guy. And he's now suddenly getting millions of dollars. Like, how does that happen? Duh. And, And what's amazing to me is that there's this media that's so willing to excuse it. In fact, if you go back and you look at some of the media reports about what was Joe Biden doing back in 2019, um, or forgive me, even earlier, these are 2019 reports when everything was coming out and, you know, the, Trump was out there sort of sniffing around saying, well, just exactly what have you got? What have you got on Joe Biden? So he was asking and he got impeached a second time for that one. He's asking about that. That comes out. And you know what? Um he was right in some ways. I mean, maybe he wasn't the right one to have been doing that. I might've put my opposition research team on that and stayed out of it. But gosh, I mean, what was Joe Biden doing? What was Hunter Biden doing? Was this a pay to play scheme? I mean, it certainly seems like it, right? I want you to hear this little bit. This is a, somebody who's a presidential historian and he went on to MSNBC. And when he first starts talking Gosh, I could have sworn he was talking about Biden until they start showing pictures of former President Trump. But just listen to what he's saying here about the corruption. I mean, it strikes me that the corruption is all on one side. When in history have we ever seen anyone use the presidency in this way to make money, to let members of his family make money, to try to elevate his profile, to help himself later on, you know, thoroughly in sync, just as you're saying, Chris, with this idea that he is running for the presidency largely so that if he gets elected, he could try to destroy the Justice Department, as he's pledged to do, and destroy our rule of law and intimidate people who he thinks have wronged him throughout his life and particularly in this episode. Uh, I'll say with the greatest understatement I can possibly use that this may not have been exactly what the founders of our country intended Mm -hmm. the presidency to be used for. Well, you know what I'll say? I'll just, oopsie, we're we're skipping ahead there to uh, 
to none other than Carlos Santana. We'll, we'll hold off on that for a minute, but I would just say, you know what? You know, I, I would just say that our founding fathers did not anticipate that Joe Biden would have a son that then suddenly, you know, was kind of selling the Biden brand, which is exactly what Devin Archer said and testified, testified to the House Oversight Committee was going on. They were selling the Biden brand. And then, as I mentioned, there were these articles that came out in 2019 in both the L.A. Times and the New York Times. I've shown them to you before. But basically, if you look at those, what do they say? Oh, well, this is common practice. This is common practice for someone, especially in Eastern European countries, for someone to have a family member that's related to somebody in the White House, and then they get them on board and it helps protect helps protect the head honchos there in Eastern Europe. I'm sorry, we're like sanctioning this now? That's okay? I don't think so. I don't think the founding fathers intended any of that, and I don't think the media should be sanctioned in any way, but they are just carrying his water like this guy, this, this presidential historian out there on MSNBC. This guy is so off. I mean, he's saying the family members are profiting. Well, we know that Hunter Biden was profiting. You want to go after the Trump kids? For goodness sakes, like, those kids had a business, like a real business, all right? I'm just, like, let me be objective here. They had a business. I'm like, what do you want with this whole White House thing, for goodness sakes, right? Who needs that? I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of different reasons people go into politics. Some of it's ego. And it used to be kind of prestigious and nice to be the president of the United States. And, uh, well, you know, they've made sure over the last, I guess, you can go back to Clinton, that that, that office got certainly sullied in, in many, many, quite literally, <laughs> many ways. And so it's, uh, it's still, you know, people want to be president. And Donald Trump was willing to take that on. But his kids, like they, they had a business, a, a, a business that was doing very well. They didn't need that. In fact, if anything, I'd say they, they definitely didn't need that because it was actually in some ways rather negative for them. Now, maybe Kushner got a deal over in Saudi Arabia, maybe a little bit more money because of connections he made through Donald Trump. But even that, like you'd have to weigh the good with the bad because there are a lot of people that won't do business now with Kushner because of his association with his father-in-law. So I think that one's kind of a wash. And I would say if anybody's coming out on the higher end of getting a deal, uh, getting money because their dad is in the White House, well, that would just have to be Hunter Biden, right? Like that's clearly the one that is is making out a whole lot better. And not only is he making a whole lot better, but then you actually see, you actually see that the, the people are trying to cover up and, and it's not just the media. You actually have the department of justice. They actually tried to cover up and now Comer's out there. You see on the screen, this is an article from the New York post. They're trying to find these emails from Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov. They're trying to find JB Ware, Robin Ware. He's got all these aliases that he used, but you know, part of the problem is that John Flynn, who was his aide when Biden was the, the vice president, well, he started CCing Hunter Biden on Joe's daily schedule. Like there's 10 emails that we know about. So how many are there that we don't know about? They're trying to get these from National Archives, and it's important that they do. It's on this, like, secret server, this PCI.gov, which good luck trying to find. I, I dare you, if anybody can actually find that. Anyway, we did do some digging, and I've shown you this before. It seems as though it is a government server, some kind of personal server. But they know that this could get ugly. They know it could get so ugly that they actually, in a, a recent document that came out that was reported, the Lawyer for Hunter Biden, Christopher Clark, actually warned, warned the DOJ that they're going to be major problems because they're going to have to put 
Joe Biden, the president of the United States, on the stand to testify in defense of his son. And that's just going to create a constitutional crisis. And nobody wants that, right? We don't want a constitutional crisis. We got to do whatever we can do to protect the left over and over and over again, even if it means having 51 spies, ex-spies, a bunch of hacks, a bunch of spooks come out and give this grand letter saying that the, the Hunter Biden laptop was nothing but a bunch of Russian misinformation, when in fact, no, actually, it turned out it was under investigation and the guy had been a subject of an investigation because, oh my gosh, I have to even say these words because the FBI was investigating in the IRS some amateur porn ring for God's sakes. I mean, unbelievable, right? That's how it all came to be. And then, you know, he's dodging his taxes, dodging his taxes. And then they get this plea deal, this memorandum of a plea agreement that I'm showing you right now and buried in that deal is the ability for Hunter to kind of get off. This was going to be the end of it. The the government was not going to be able to go after him for any foreign lobbying charges. Well, how is that right? I mean, illegal foreign lobbying, like, that's pretty serious. Like, you have to declare yourself a lobbyist. You can't just go out there and lobby and get paid lots of money. You know, who found that out the hard way was Tom Barrick, who's a super successful entrepreneur, billionaire, actually, out on the West Coast, out of L.A. Like, this is the real deal guy. He's built a heck of a business and made a fortune. And he certainly didn't need any lobbying money. And they got him for illegal foreign lobbying, acting as a foreign agent. Well, why wouldn't you get good old Hunter, right? Well, they don't want to get Hunter because, obviously, well, he's protected. You know, he's part of this protected class. He's so protected, he doesn't even have to pay his taxes. Just a little slap on the wrist. So now you have here this plea agreement. If it were not for one judge who really, you know, clearly was a stand-up, is a stand-up person and said, this isn't right. I can't sign off on this. Is this even legal for me to sign off on? She would have had to basically sign this thing saying that, you know, the government's not going to go after him for these illegal foreign lobbying acts. And that's like a different charge altogether. So anyway, now they're back to ground zero. Hunter went out and hid out at the uh, White House. While he was at the White House, what did he do? Oh, he, he had that little, um, you know, stint with the Indian state dinner. I guess he's like greasing the wheels for more business. I'm sorry, but like they're just flaunting it in our faces. And yet the big story is Donald Trump. The big story is this mugshot. I mean, how embarrassing for our country. How pathetic. This is why it will backfire, because people have had it. They're sick and tired of all of this, whether it's Bud Light, whether it's the economy, whether it's this transgender stuff, which, look, you know, I think Americans are very charitable people, and they they don't want to judge. But at some point, it gets just a little bit much, as Carlos Santana pointed out in his concert there. Was it in New Jersey last night? Let me... Let me share this with you. Um, Okay, so we've got Carlos Santana now weighing in on the whole debate about gender. And he's kind of just, you know, he's an older guy. His music was popular in the 60s and 70s. He's he's just kind of calling it like it is. I don't know why he was so inspired to talk about this in his concert last night, but it totally blew up. It was sort of taken out of context. I mean, you wouldn't believe what was written about him. And... You know, he was kind of just saying something sort of not that aggressive, if you ask me. I'll play it for you. You guys, you tell me what you think in the comments below. Here we go. Carlos Santana, all in trouble because he said this. Oh, you're lying your ass up. 
that's your business i'm okay with it and now the headlines oh my gosh the headlines they're 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 basically you know you get headlines where they're saying that carlos santana said that you know trans should stay in the closet i mean they they really they just tore him up one side and down the other and he clearly didn't anticipate that at all and now he's out on facebook responding to this and it's a little disappointing because I, I, I don't know, like, what, what do you think? Did he say anything that was that crazy? He kind of said, do what you want to do. Just, just, just don't suffocate me with it. Anyway, Santana responding. Here's his note on Facebook. I am sorry for my insensitive comments. They don't reflect that I want to honor and respect all persons, ideals, and beliefs. I realized that what I said hurt people and that that was not my intent. I sincerely apologize to the transgender community and everyone I have offended. In other words, this community is very, very sensitive and very easily offended, and you can just be very, very easily canceled. In fact, I might even be in jeopardy right now for even telling you this story, so make sure you subscribe. And by the way, make sure you actually go and subscribe to the Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast and do it on Facebook and on YouTube everywhere. I'm also over on Locals. Um, but this is just, I mean, this is sort of crazy. People are that worked up. Front page, the you know USA Today website where they were talking about this. It's really just gotten kind of out of control where people aren't allowed to to kind of just even even speak naturally and, and talk about the things that they care about. I mean, this is why Jason Aldean's song, right, went all the way to number one, and he's proud of it. The country song where, well, and now it's been overtaken, I guess, the new country song, of course, of record. And I just, I, every, every chance I can get, I, I love to listen to this, not too much of it. I do encourage you to actually go and get the Apple download so that he gets the 99 cents um, to show some support for Oliver Anthony because he's out on a limb too, right? Let's, let's be honest. This is not an easy time for any of us. And you can very easily, very quickly be canceled. And that's what Carlos Santana was dealing with. Oliver Anthony, gosh, this guy has got some guts. Real guts. Total control. Wanna know what you think. Wanna know what you do. And they don't think you know. But I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't shit. And it's taxed to no end. Cause a rich man. Cause a rich man. I wish politicians. Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat. 
and the obese milk and welfare. Wow. So it's a damn shame. Yeah, it is a shame. And these these lyrics resonate. You think about the, the mental health challenges in this country right now and about these kids that are in the ground, right? The, the, the rates of, of suicide, the, the mental health challenges, fentanyl overdoses. There is no reason for any of this. There's no reason for any of this right now. What has happened to America, what has happened to our nation, to patriotism, to our love for one another, it's all been eroded. And we have to stand up for one another. We have to be a community and we have to look out for American ideals, which are still the the best, the best you're going to find anywhere. You tell, you know, there's a reason people want to come to this country. Okay. There's a reason because you still, even with everybody out there, you know, trying to manipulate the law to use it against whoever they want to target. The latest is Elon Musk. For goodness sakes, they're now going after DOJ is going after Elon Musk and his SpaceX saying that he has discriminatory policies because he's not hiring enough refugees and asylum seekers. I mean, Merrick Garland's like making stuff up. You know, they're going after him saying over on X on Twitter, X, formerly known as Twitter, that he's not protecting consumer information enough. I mean, they, they're using the law to target their enemies. And they're using the law to bully people to not being able to express what they think. And so credit to Oliver Anthony for going out there. He said he himself was just struggling with, with being really down. And he just needed to write these songs to, to feel different about things and, and to convey a message. And he certainly, he certainly broke through. And what I'm telling you right now is nobody should feel down. I mean, I know it's easy. I, I know it's easy to get frustrated. And I believe me, every day I'm just like looking at going, how can this be, right? This is not the country we know. And this is not who we've ever intended to be. We, we, we are a free nation that needs to protect our First Amendment and our right for people to speak freely and to ask the right questions. And if we lose that, we've lost everything. But there is hope. There's hope because a guy like Oliver Anthony just puts up a song on YouTube and it works. It succeeds. He's number one on the Billboard charts. You know, a guy like Tucker goes out on X and he doesn't need, right, the bells and whistles of Fox. And he does an interview with Donald Trump who's about to go get his mugshot in, in Georgia. And sure enough, they're doing upwards of 250 million views compared to the network doing 12.8 million views. I'm telling you, there's something going on. You think about Bud Light losing $40 billion in market cap. You look at Target with sales down for the first time in six years because people have had it. They've had it. So the answer is we do have a voice. We do have wallets. We do have power. And we have to think about how we use it in the right way right now. And for me, anyway, that means protecting our freedoms and protecting our children and protecting America. So I thank you for being here. 
I want to just go out and look at some of your comments. Great to have so many with you again. York, thank you. I, I, I'm glad you liked the video. Uh, Richard, thank you as well. Yeah, I'm a super. Listen, I, I care about this stuff. I care about you. I care about my kids' future. I care about your kids' future. And we, we need to make sure that we're on the right path. And there's a lot of big stuff going on. And we do have a voice and we do have power. So let's use it collectively for good together. Thank you again. Make sure that you subscribe. Yep, Stephen, I saw you. Good to see you again. Thanks for tuning in live, everyone. We'll do it again on Monday, if not over the weekend. I, I, I just keep popping on because we get so much to talk about. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.